Good to see everyone. I don't know if we're going to sing. I just like to sit here and listen to Miss Georgie play the piano. That sounds so good. <laughs> but uh, we're just going to sing like three short choruses tonight. This is the day that the Lord hath made. He made the rain, sunshine, little temperature. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. saved your soul, you're even thankful the Lord has made this day. 513, thank you Lord for saving my soul. Seek ye first.
You did great on that song. I didn't. I was getting such on to it at first. Let's sing that again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ask Am I talking? There I'm talking. Okay. Well, we're going to go back to uh, Hebrews tonight and finish up what we started this morning concerning the Hall of Fame of Faith. So you can turn over there and hold that place, but I want to read a a verse to you before we get there. It's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Our faith should be even as then spoken of throughout the whole world. And then once again in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the things, the evidence of things not yet seen. The substance. The realization that God is going to answer our prayers through faith. The confidence, the confidence of knowing God is going to minister to us and our desires, our faith, through our faith as we pray and as we seek His face, as being His children. And that's one of the main things we're going to look at tonight is being a son of God. Look with me now, chapter 12, Hebrews, chapter 12. We're going to start back in verse 1, but we're going to just kind of run through that and start with verse 3. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which is easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now in verse 3, it shifts from Jesus to us as to what he's done for us. Now listen. Or consider him, Christ Jesus, who endured such uh, hostile things from sinners against him, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. He says, when you get to feeling sorry for yourself, when you get to the point where you start saying, oh, woe is me, nobody loves me anymore, and it's terrible, awful, bad, and I think I'm just going to get, get plumbed down, and what, that, what does that song used to say? I'm going to go to Australia and eat worms. The Word of God says, listen, you have not even started to endure the shame, the hurt, the physical pain, the psychological pain that Christ Jesus endured for all of our sins. Every sin that we can even imagine or ever commit by anyone in the whole universe, Christ Jesus paid the price for it. And he took that sin upon himself. I cannot imagine someone being sin-free, never sin in his life, and all at once, while hanging on a cruel, awful cross in agony and pain and bleeding and have the sins of the world fall upon him to the point where God the Father had to look away. Shame, disgrace, A time of saying, what's the use? But he didn't. He took all of our sins, he bore them on himself, so that we would not be weary in our time of life right now, where we can say, God's already paid the price, Jesus already paid the price. Now look in verse 6. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, Striving against sin, you have not forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to a son. Listen, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges even every son who he receives. He says, listen, if Jesus doesn't, love you, if, he, if you're not a part of the family of God, if you're not loved, 
and a part of the family through salvation, then you're not going to be chastised. And we're going to read more about that in just a moment. And it says down in verse 7, If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as his son. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are an illegitimate son. Listen, you are illegitimate and you're not the son of God. Folks, God deals with us through chastening. The only way we can even start to understand just a little bit of what Jesus went through for us is when we have to deal with situations that God places in our lives. There's times that, there's times that we just want to throw our hands up and say, God, I don't, I don't think I deserve this. Well... Did Jesus deserve what he had to go through? Did Jesus deserve the shame, the pain, the agony, the disgrace that he took on for us? Yet he says, as the Father loves us as a son, he will chasten us. He will bring us to a point of learning, is what he's saying. Now listen. Furthermore, verse 9, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be subjected to the Father of our spirit or of our spirit and lives? Are we not, are we not willing to say, okay, God, what you want is what I want. That's what he said. You know, I, I had a father that uh, you didn't speak, you didn't talk back to. I, I mean, you did not, if he said it, that's it. There wasn't, but what if? There wasn't, uh, my opinion is, if my father said it, that's it. End of story. Right, wrong, or in there, end of story. That was all. And I respected him for that. I respect him to this day for that. And if I can respect my human father, how much more should I respect my heavenly father that chastens me, that brings me along, that corrects me, that teaches me the proper way of doing things to bring honor and glory to his son? Should I not show that same respect for God the Father, if not even more respect for Him than we do our earthly fathers. Now, some of you might not have been as privileged as I was. In all of my father's dogmatic, there was a strong, strong place of compassion and caring for us boys and for mom. But when he said it, 
that was it. When God says it, sometimes we won't argue with him. Maybe y'all aren't like me, but I, I do every now and then. But God, I, I do. Really, does it have to be that way, God? God says, yes, it does. It's got to be that way. Whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. And we look at the word and it says, For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seen best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Are you willing to let God teach you so that we can be a part of his holiness? I've, uh, I, I was sharing with some at lunch today, and I think I did this with Harold earlier in the week. All week long, that little chorus, if I could sing, I'd sing it. That little chorus of, Lord, make me a sanctuary for you. That's been going through my mind, and, and Miss T's got tear, tired of hearing me sing it because she's the only one that'll listen to me. But that's where we are, or that's where we should be. Lord God, chasten me, teach me, draw me close to you. Through my faith in you, God, I will acknowledge the fact that what you're doing is for my betterment. And that's what he's saying. He's bringing us along so we can be more holy. Actually, I like, and I'm not trying to change a word or the meaning, but I like the fact of it, so I'll be more like Jesus. So I'll be more like Jesus in my thoughts, in my life, in my, and in my actions. And he says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but fain, painful nevertheless. Afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been, listen, trained by it. You know, I, I kidded the gentleman this morning, and, I, and, I, and I'm even saying this tongue-in-cheek. We're creatures of habit. And, you know, and, and Jack, he was in the use of going out the back door with the, the offerings like he has forever, and he was almost out there, and I know that I said something, and I think Max did too. Jack, go back up there. We're creatures of habit. If you don't believe me, just stop and think about what you do every morning. What, what, what process do you go through every morning? Whenever you get ready to get dressed, what pro do you put your socks on first, your shoes on first, your shirt on, your pants? What process do you? I guarantee you, Miss Cherry can tell you, I have a process. As I go through it before I get dressed, I sit down, I put my socks on, and while I'm doing that, Miss T comes up and I scratch her back. That's, I mean, every morning that happens. When that doesn't happen, I wonder where Miss T is. I'm telling you, we need to get to the point where it's a reality, where it's a habit with us 
to put God first. To allow God to work in our lives, to change our lives, to bring us to that point where we give Him the glory for it, and we're more like Jesus, and we're not, as it said in verse 3, we're not growing weary, we're not being disappointed. We are gladly receiving that which God gives to us because we've not even started to experience what Christ did. So I guess I would say to myself and to you, are you being chastened? Do you have the faith to say, okay, God, just bring it on. Just bring it on, God. I'm ready. Because I believe through the power and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit working in my life, it says that I can endure the race. It says that I can finish the race. And through your chastening and my faith in you, I can be more like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I desire to be trained by God. That's what it says in verse 11. I desire to be trained by God so that I can be holy in His presence. There's sometimes in our lives, our everyday lives, that we throw a prayer up and say, thank you, Lord, or Lord, help me get through this, or Lord, protect me as I'm driving down this crazy highway. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there is. But what I'm saying is there's a time. There's a time in all of our lives every day that we need to get to that place where we humble ourselves. We're in faith. We dump ourselves out to God. You say, through faith, God is willing to move and work in your life. You dump yourself out. I, I, uh, I think in my heart, in my life, I have seen these, uh, these, these big dump trucks, and they back up to where they need to. And they hit a lever, and that bed starts coming up. And as the bed starts coming up, the tailgate pops open. And as the tailgate pops open, whatever the load is in that dump truck slides out right where the driver wants it. Folks, that's the way we need to do with God. We need to be willing to dump our hearts in faith before God. That driver has the faith of his in knowing that when he pulls that lever, that bed's going to come up. That tailgate's going to open and that load's going to slide out. Do you have the faith? Do we have the faith to say, okay, God, I'm going to dump it all right here. I'm going to dump it right here on the altar. Most every Sunday morning, you see some that are up here praying. You hear me say, come to the altar and just leave it right here with God. Dump it out in faith 
trusting God to move. And through that, God will train us, teach us to will we will be more like Jesus. As it said over in Romans that I read a moment ago, our faith needs to be known around the world. But you know where it needs to start? It needs to start right here. Our faith needs to be known by each one of us as we stand together and serve God. Our faith in the Lord. Our faith in God. Our faith in God teaching us how to trust Him and not be weary because Jesus has already paid the price. Are you willing to dump it all right out here before God? Don't have to tell me. No need to tell me. The need is to tell God. The need is to humble ourselves and say, teach me, God. Chasten me. God, if there's something in my life that I'm hanging on to, God, chasten me that I can turn it loose, that I will turn it loose, that it's not bringing glory to you. And that's my desire. That's my desire for me. That's my desire for our church is that we will be willing without complaint, without getting weary, acknowledging God will chasten us because we are His sons and daughters, if y'all want me to put it that way, in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for the hall of fame of faith, for those of the Old Testament that stood for you through thick and thin. Some even gave their lives Many were chastised and beaten. Lord God, we've not witnessed that in our lifetime. Here in America anyway. But Father, we see it getting worse. And Lord, I believe the only way that it's going to be turned around, according to your word, is for us as Christians through faith, trusting you. And going through a few hardships, being chastened. But doing it so that we can be trained and be more like Jesus. Father, I pray that each one of us will give respect unto you as our Heavenly Father, and as that one that corrects us. Lord, we know that we all sin, we all make mistakes. 
But Lord God, I thank you that you're quick to forgive us when we ask you to and teach us so that we can endure and finish the race that you've set before us. So Lord God, I pray for the loosening of God the Holy Spirit and for your chastening to teach us, to train us, to walk as Jesus walked, that the world might see our faith in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.